Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to ariselife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. One of the strange things about the kingdom is what we talked about there. We talked about all the way God ways God wants to provide, but it's not so we're an end in and of ourselves, but that He can flow through us. If you have a if you have a water pump, you know only as much flows into the pump as flows out of it, right? There's a pull that happens with a water pump. That Anybody done that, you, a hand pump? And you just do it a few times, and all of a sudden, the capillary action causes the water to flow on its own. And uh, anybody here, things get bad, and the first thing you do is you turn turtle, and you're like, I don't have enough for me, let alone for you. No, it's just me. Only? Me? Anybody? Blink twice? You know what I'm talking about. And there's this amazing thing. And as a body, um, we were not doing great financially. But when, uh, you know, God began to put on our heart to connect with the church good news in uh, Ukraine and begin to pour out finance, we never gave, how do I say this? We simply directed people to give there. When people, people give, they generally either give one place or another. So if you encourage people to give in another direction, what does that mean? Right? Anybody done this? You, there's not enough attention in your life. Like people don't pay you enough attention. So you're afraid to introduce your friends to each other? Right? right? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. All right. That's that same spirit. But the reality is we've simply just said yes. And, and over the course of five months, God's poured out more money through us into Ukraine than he's ever poured out in that given period before. That's just a Ukraine. And it kind of blows our mind because God, when you align your heart with what he's doing, he then brings the provision. But one of the things about this is, is that it is not, okay, Uh, Carol asked me a great question last week. She said, wait, 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 you talk about love, but aren't we supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves? So we have to first love ourselves so we can love our neighbor. I want to submit to you, if you just love yourself, anybody known somebody who loved themselves real well? (laughs) I'm amazing. I'm incredible. You want to join my fan club? Right? Like, like, it is not possible for you to love yourself by yourself. That just gets weird. That just gets creepy. That, so, that's why I just need self-care. Listen, if it's all about you, you are going to die. Anybody seen what happens to a river that doesn't flow? Becomes a swamp. Becomes nasty. There be gators. And the reality is love is not love if it is not giving itself away. See, God is love. But see, God is not love like... God, that's why it's so important to understand that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons in perfect undeniable unity, one nature, three persons. How is that? Can that be? I don't know. Anybody who tells you they're smoking something. No, literally, this behold is a mystery. It's more than we can contain. 
But they, in all eternity, were in perfect love. And perfect love says, oh, we need to give even more of this away. What are we going to do? We're going to make humanity. We're going to pour out love on them. And then we're going to invite them into the Holy Trinity. Okay, we have been made one with Jesus Christ, right? So where does that mean we are? We are in the Trinity. Your brain should have just broken. We, God is so not afraid of us that he invited us in, into unending love, because love is not love unless it's given away. In the same way as the minute water stops flowing out of a pump, it stops flowing into the pump. out when at which point to do this to you we'll do here let's start out let's just start out with a little scripture you know give you a little bit of anesthesia get you prepared you know prepare the the patient for the operation if you guys have bibles they are recommended i'm not saying but you do win points all right um we, we did uh chapter 12 of first corinthians last week and into 13 we're going to back up Sorry, we don't have the slide for that. The last couple verses in chapter 12, and then we're going to do chapter 13 for reals. Um, uh, we said this before. So chapter 12 is it's the written to a church that has, um, how shall we put it? They have a low level of character and a whole lot of power. Anybody have a friend like that who got a whole lot of ability in life and very little character? Like maybe they were like the star athlete, and so they just never neglected to develop character. <laughs> yeah. so anyway and here here they are and and so but but the reality is so they were, they were all they're having all kinds of crazy stuff they were like they were all having competitions over who is better and greater with their spiritual gifts and paul's going oh so listen to this he goes listen are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers do all work miracles do all have gifts of healing do all speak in tongues do all interpret Yes, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. You, who here, the first time God healed through you, you were like, what? Right? You were, listen, the only way you know a light bulb is a light bulb is because light flows out of it, right? When you walk in your identity and destiny, wowzers. He said, yes, eagerly desire for God's power to flow more and more through you, but... I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love. What's going on here? In the ancient world, one of the top ways for prophecy, particularly like the Oracle of Delphi, which is just up the mountain from Corinth, was this. Let me demonstrate prophecy in the ancient world. That was prophecy in the ancient world. Not biblical, but that was ancient prophecy. You would be overcome by the Spirit, and you would speak in tongues, and you would act like a crazy person, and everybody had to listen. Anybody had somebody use their hyper-spirituality as a reason you should listen to them? The manifestation does not demonstrate the spirit, the source. 
See, they had people speaking in tongues. And so he was like, guys, so I'm speaking in tongues. It must be God. Mm -mm. We'll talk about that in a minute. I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. In the same way, a light bulb without light flowing through it is pointless. Because love is what is meant to be transferred through the gifts of the Spirit. Not power, but love. If I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. If I have a faith, can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor, and I give over my body to be hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Why? Because love is patient. What else? You came up with that yourself? What else? No envy. No boasting. Not proud. We give a cheat sheet, you know. Not proud. What else? Does not dishonor. Doesn't dishonor. Not self-seeking. I can't spell, and it's right in front of me. I have a cheat sheet. Not self-seeking. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. No record of wrongs. Wrongs. Uh, doesn't delight in evil, right? Anybody done that? Ha <laughs> ha! They got it! <laughs> Uh, uh, let's see, where were we? Oh, wait. Oh, no, we don't delight in evil. Sorry, I was having too fun delighting in evil. <laughs> Not delight in evil, and, but rejoices in the truth. So it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So hopes... And perseveres. Okay, so what he's saying is, if, you know, Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. See, in Jesus' time, there were Pharisees who did supernatural works. They did healing. They did exorcism. Light, oh, we'll get there. Love is faith. Love does not, okay, no, no. Love never what? Fails. How is that even possible? Because love is God. What he's saying is, that if God shows up, this is what it's going to look like. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they'll cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Why? For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is incomplete disappears. Let me give you a, a, a reason why. We prophesy to declare that which is not visible. But when the... So anybody had a prophetic word about the future and it came to pass? You no longer need the prophetic word because the reality has come. You, you tracking with me? Okay. 
When, uh, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the ways of childhood behind me. Receive that, ladies, by faith. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall be know fully, even as I am fully known. What is he saying is the whole goal is relationship. The whole goal is we are drawing near to God and we are drawing near to each other. It's not to know information. It is to know a person and to be known by one another and to know. And now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now, does anybody feel like this is an impossible list? Well, it is in our own strength. And if you don't believe me, just go have a relationship with somebody. No? No, I mean, seriously, who here gives yourself a pass on a few of these at various times? Yeah, right? You know, you're like, I was patient, but you have used it all up. That's on you. Right? You know? Like, it, look, it doesn't, look, it doesn't, it's not self-seeking. Well, if I don't seek for me, then who will? True? How can this be true? So this is the way most relationships are said to work. So if, there, so if you have a relationship, what is one whole relationship? What percent? 100%, right? So a whole is 100%. So if we have a relationship, then you have 50% and I have. That's called a healthy relationship. 50-50, right? <laughs> but anybody had a bad day? Hey guys, no offense to our relationship, but it's about 75-25 today. <laughs> right? 75-25. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You've had 75-25 for the last three weeks. We need to flip that back. It's my turn to, to be in need. Right? 75. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's the balance in a relationship. You're like, you know, here a little for you, a little for me. And everything's good. Until you forgot my birthday. You get zero. <laughs> Pretty accurate, ain't it? We're like, uh-uh-uh, you don't deserve the love. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah? Well, you, you're going to cut me off? Well, then me, 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 me. I cut you off. <laughs> See about that. Right? Because the lie is 50-50. We were never meant to do 50-50 relationships. We were always meant to do 100-100. As my philosophy roommate in college said, that's illegal. You can't have 200%. <laughs> well, God's the God of math. He can make it up. What does this mean? What does it mean to be 100-100? 100 means you are not my source. I get my source from God who is love. And your, the love you receive is not dependent upon you. It's dependent upon him. Just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean I have to turn off my love. Doesn't mean I have to. I get to be 100% me. Anybody been in a relationship where over time, initially it was like, I don't know, 51, 49. 
But since they had the ruling stake in the relationship, slowly over time it creeped up. 25. And then slowly, pretty soon it was 99.1. Anybody been in the 1%? It's a, it's a bad 1% to be. You don't want to be a 1%er. You know what I'm talking about? You don't get to show up, right? Because the other person gets to show up. You don't get to make decisions because I make decisions. You know, I was talking with a guy yesterday. He doesn't uh, go here. Um, and he was saying, he was saying, you know, my wife and I have decided if we aren't agreed, we don't make a decision. Because we trust God to bring us to a place of union. See, I can't be one with you apart from Christ. See, if I am fully me and you are fully you, guess where we are? We are in Christ. And therefore, we are one. And it's a supernatural oneness. I've shared this before. Masha, I, uh, I, um, early on in our relationship, I had a sudden epiphany that I needed to be spiritual and I became spiritual. And then I started to worry about Masha's spirituality. She's obviously suffering. It's okay, Lord. I will take care. I will lead her. God's like, please don't. Please don't. She was doing really well until you messed her up. And I said, whoa, God, she's, she's focused on this and I'm focused on this. We're no longer one. And he said, just trust me. I'm dealing with what I need to deal with in her to bring her to unity. And I'm dealing with you, what you, what you need to deal with to get, bring you guys back to unity. She's not a project for me to develop, and I'm not a project for her to develop. I am, an, I am, I belong to Jesus. And when I belong to Jesus, I show up 100%. It is awesome. I'm my best me, which is great, except... If you're still expecting me to be 50%, what does that mean? If you're 100% and I'm 50%, I'm like, whoa, easy tiger. You can't be all powerful like that. You can't be powerful. When you're powerful, it scares me. When you are walking in the fullness of your identity and your identity is not dependent on what I think of you. Anybody understand what I'm talking about here? No, some of you are triggered. It's okay. All right. And I've watched this. I've watched this. I've watched people. They'll, they'll come to church, and they, in their marriage, are, have become to know Jesus, and they're being transformed. And they're like, Lord, transform my spouse. And then the spouse gets saved, and they are so mad. Why would they be mad? What do you think? Why would they be mad that their spouse now has a relationship with Jesus? Come on, just dig deep. Not personal experience. Take care control. Oh, if they're obedient to Jesus, I can't control them. I thought control was a fruit of the Spirit. What kind of control is a fruit of the Spirit? I want to extend myself over you. Right? I can't control. If you... I, I have a... I, 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 uh, a friend, and he experienced the grace of God, and God delivered him from shame. That was the most terrifying thing to his wife. Because if he didn't have shame, how was she going to feel safe around him? What was going to keep him from sin? 
Shame can't keep you from sin. It just makes you better at hiding it. The reality is, if I am 100% submitted to Jesus, it's scary. I remember, I, I, I came to know the Lord at 15. I was on fire for God. Every night, I'd go out to this park at about 10 o'clock at night and just pray for hours, talking to Jesus. Didn't know you couldn't hear his voice. Strangely enough, I could hear his voice. I don't know. Anyway, and I remember one night, my mom was like, can't you just stay home and pray at home? And I'm like, not in this house, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I said, I looked at her, I said, woman, where is your faith? I didn't say woman, just so you know. Uh, but I, um, and she was like, what? But I want you to know something is me, it was so funny. I wasn't going out and doing crazy stuff like my brother was, so they pretty much ignored me. But, but suddenly when I became powerful and obedient to Jesus, she was freaked out. We like people who are safe and controllable. One hundred, one hundred is the goal. And so, but anybody had somebody use spiritual gifts as a means to manipulate and control you? God told me. So he says, verse four, chapter 14, verse 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Why? The gifts of the spirits are, a Spirit are means of love flowing through you. Anybody like God to show up and put a little oomph on the love he's pouring out? Wouldn't that be nice? Like people get healed or something? Yeah, I feel like it's such a balance um, because love is not love without the power either. If we don't have power, our love will be very powerless. Right. And it won't be love because it will, will run out. Sorry. Yeah, and we will just feel this compassion that's just killing us and breaking us, and we will not be able to change anything, right? But because we have love and power, we can release healing, we can release deliverance, we can release all of those things where people can actually step into more, where they can step in, into freedom, into health, into breakthrough, and not be stuck where they are, Right. So it's together, right? It's love and power. Because I feel like we went like, to work with the orphans with a lot of the love and a lot of the compassion. But after a while, just that without the power started killing me. Because I was like, oh my gosh, my heart is broken. I love this kid so much. But they're a mess and they're like killing themselves. And like manifesting demonic and just all this stuff, right? So I need both, right? So I feel like... What we want to say and what Paul is, is describing in this chapter is, is like eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire to grow in power, to grow in healing, right? Like what we practice all the time. This house is a prophetic house. We train in prophetic. We grow in prophetic. We want to grow more in deliverance. We want to grow in more in all the spiritual gifts and keep pressing on. But we always want to do it from this place of love. Right? We're not going to trade um, love for just raw power. Right? It's not going to be out of this place. I don't you care if I kill you. I'm just going <laughs> to fix you. Right? It's always going to um, come from the place of love. Right? It's always going to be patient and kind and gentle with people and um, just that whole thing. <laughs> well, and, and in this, here's the mystery. Again, going back to what I said at the beginning 
I can't be fully me without you. So, so anybody done this? Like, I can't be me with you, so I'm just going to go build my island and be me. That doesn't get weird at all. Freaky weird, right? No. In fact, I can't be me unless his love is flowing through me, and love requires an object. It requires someone to pour love out on. It requires me relating to you as God relates to you. In other words, I can't be fully me. This is not self-actualization because I can't be me by myself. So this love chapter and the gifts chapters are all in the context of the body, right? It's all in the context of working it out in the local community where we learn to love one another. Right? It's not theoretical, you know, just, I don't know, loving whoever. It's always very easy. Have you noticed it's so very easy to love theoretical people? <laughs> Who, like, just loves some theoretical nation that you've never been to or just something? I just love starving children. <laughs> yes, or whatever, right? It's, it's easy, like, or people who live far away and you just have fond memories of feelings towards them. Oh, I just love Aunt Martha. I never see her, so she's just lovely. Right? <laughs> but whoever is rubbing me wrong day in and day out, it's like you really have to like work it out, right? And that's where the supernatural love is needed. Come on, come on. And so when it, what he's saying is yes, pursue spiritual gifts. But verse three, he says, he says, but the one, he's, uh, uh, verse two, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. In other words, if they're going, but if you heard people speak in tongues, Speaking in tongues is me saying, God, I give you my tongue to do with as you please. God, speak into me and through me. I'm just going to give you my tongue. And and you've heard people going, and you're like, whoo, man, are you okay? You're having a stroke? No, it's me saying, God, I want you to flow through me. Have my tongue. And as they're speaking, God, you know, they're sensing his presence. He says, but when you do that, it's not for people, it's for God. You're having a conversation with God. Anybody stumbled on somebody else having an intimate moment with somebody else, and you're like, I'm so sorry. You know, that's about you two, right? I don't need to be involved. And so what was happening is they had people going off, and they, they stand up and go, and people are like, wow, you are so spiritual. And it wasn't edifying anybody. It was just distracting. Or they would have these ladies who had been trained in the pagan temples as prostitutes, and they'd be like, oh, it's my moment. And they start shrieking and wailing and bouncing around in the back. And everybody's like, having a spiritual moment. You're like, I'm happy you're having a spiritual moment. But what about everybody else? And so he's saying, but the one who, they utter mysteries by the spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their what? Strengthening. Edification. And... Uh, comfort. Encur- oh, sorry, I'm, I'm using the King Jimmy. Encourage and comfort. So, so here's the deal. Strengthen, give courage, or build up, and give comfort. And judge. Shame. Dominate. Control. Aren't those there? So what's the point of prophecy? Just saying. That's scripture right there, boys and girls. Anyone, so he says that the reason you're doing this is to bring strength and courage and build up and bring comfort to people. 
not for you to be awesome. Why? Because it's love. It's for love. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Speaking in tongues is edifying. In other words, me speaking to God saying, God, I just want what you want. You know, it says in Romans that the spirit interprets groans. Like anybody just groaned, you're like, I don't even know what I want, but I want you, Lord. I don't even know, right? It's, it's, this is edifying. It builds us up. And if you've never spoken in tongues, ask somebody around you to pray for you and ask Jesus for it. It's all, it's good. He said, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. Why? Why? Because prophecy is allowing love to flow in and through. It's not self-actualization. It's not just building me up. It's letting love flow through me. The one who prophesies is greater, if you want to get in a competition, than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so the church may be edified. And so he goes into this whole thing where he talks about, they're talking about small house churches where they would have people and, and the great thing about, about small, uh, home groups is you have the ability to do a lot of experimentation with a limited amount of, of, of hurt, right? Like, do you know where they practice the balance beam at first? Anybody know what a practice balance beam is? It's literally this far off the ground. So if you fall, what happens? Right? So if you're wanting to learn to prophesy, you're wanting to learn to uh, you know, speak in tongues and have somebody interpret it, a, a, a house group is a great place to do it because no, if you fail, no big whoop. Like, and we all are learning, right? And he goes into this and he says, he goes on further, goes down, 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 down. Let me just jump down to this. For this reason, so it is with you, since you're eager for the gifts, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks, I never saw this before yesterday, just saying. So it's this is fresh off the press. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Anybody done that? You just like put the, brain, the tongue on, and you're like, I wonder what I'll have for breakfast today. <laughs> That's not what he's talking about. He said, but I will, all, he said, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my understanding. I'll sing with my spirit, and I will sing with understanding. So what, what is he saying? He's saying, when you're praying in tongues, ask God to tell you what you're praying. That's called prophesying to yourself. In other words, Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves. I call you friends because everything my father has told me, I've made known to you. God wants to, he doesn't want you just to be a little robot. He wants intimacy with you. It's not, praying in tongues is not magic that makes things change. It's me saying, God, I want you to set the agenda. I want you, I want to pray what you're praying. What are you praying? What are you saying? And then listen as you're praying in tongues. Listen with your heart for what your tongues is or what God is speaking in and through you. Wouldn't that be novel? Because God doesn't want you just to make noise. That's a clanging symbol. It's not magic. <laughs> and so he goes through down, the, down here and he goes, um, 
he does, says this amazing thing. He goes down and he's, he's talking, I think, you know, talking about praying in, in tongues. He's like, guys, listen, tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. In other words, it, it's a sign that more is going on than is normal. And only if you know things are not normal can you expect more. And so he's saying, and especially the sign on the day of Pentecost, like if, if someone's speaking to you in a language they don't know, that's, I'm going to pay attention. Same thing with healing. You know, somebody says to me, oh my gosh, I got healed. I want to listen. When something happens that shows the evidence of something more than is natural, I pay, people pay attention. He said, but prophecy, however, is not for the unbelievers, but for the believers. So the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in and they're like, say, are you out of your mind? So he's making a differentiation here between the tongue that, is, that the believer, unbeliever hears and understands and the one they're like, what the heck is that? Will they not say you're out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted. Uh, do they say of sin? Uh, the, the text doesn't say that. It says convicted. Well, stay with me on that convicted and are brought, uh, again, that's just a weird way to put it, judgment of all, to rightness of all. Judgment is returning a thing to its originally designed intent. So what happens is they come in, have you ever been around somebody who is love and you suddenly realize you ain't? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been around somebody who's so amazing, you're like, I want to be you, Right? That's what he's saying. He's saying they come in and they hear God moving supernaturally through people and they go, oh my gosh, that's what I want. That's who I'm made to be. Everything that is in me that is not like God, I don't want anymore. I want to be like he made me to be. That is the evidence of love. Love calls people out of darkness into the marvelous light. It doesn't point out darkness. Somebody asked me today, he said, don't you, uh, or this week, he said, um, what do you do with somebody who is complacent and happy in their sin? I said, I haven't met that person yet. All I've met is people without hope. But when you see hope, when you see a transformed life, when you see supernatural love show up, I've never met anybody who goes, yeah, I'm a good. They all are like, ah, I want that. This is what the world is longing to see. They're not looking to see power. They're looking to see love flowing through power, powerful love. One of the, the beautiful things is I sent out a, uh, a uh, survey, thank you all who responded, to those of you who participated in Love Fest. Love Fest where people came in and they received words, right? And you know one of the things I heard over and over again? I felt so much love. We're doing it right. We're doing it right. The only thing they said is there weren't enough booths. So next time, boys and girls, we're going to have twice as many booze. We're going to do twice as many. We're going to allow more love to flow through us and God to show up more. Because we, the world is longing for an encounter with God's love and power together. If we could have the worship team come up. Jesus, for all the ways that we have demonstrated power without love, forgive us. 
for all the ways that we have failed to walk in love in our relationships. Forgive us. But Lord, we want more. The more only you can bring. Lord, we ask you right now, come, come, fill us with yourself. Fill us with your love that we may be fully ourselves and fully poured out for one another. If we could stand. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.